Greetings, Dr. Wilson. I am Speaker, and it is a pleasure to speak with you today. Recently, I was presented with your formal transfer request paperwork. I understand you wish to return to Typhon and to your research in Halcyon Tower. From what I have heard, you are perceived to be close to reaching some groundbreaking discoveries, and your time here on Earth stands in stark contrast to your recent breakthroughs in the Infectious Diseases Lab. That is not to say you have experienced no measure of success while here on Earth. Why, I hear just yesterday you won a semi-final game during the Quarantine Zone 14 Checkers Tournament. Certainly not world-changing research, but I imagine it provided quite a boost to your personal morale nonetheless. Unfortunately, your transfer request to Typhon must be denied under current conditions. Shuttle service to Typhon is severely restricted, for reasons that will be made apparent to you soon. But this does not mean you cannot help to change these conditions. In fact, you may be ideally suited to do so. Dr. Wilson, I am upgrading your security clearance to Epsilon, which grants you access to top-secret information, directly related to the quarantine of recently arrived residents from Typhon. In short, whether possibly through a form of sabotage or some misguided team-building exercise, a certain subsection of newly arrived residents are believed to have been exposed to a man-made pathogen of classified origin. Codenamed Sickle, S-I-C-L, or Strontium Indurated Calcinosis Leomyoma. This virus has shown to have a dormancy period of upwards of one week, during which time infected humans act as carriers. That can spread sickle through contact, fluid transfer, or even airborne vectors. As a synthetic virus, it is somewhat of a chimera, composed of two unique nanovirion types. Nanovirion type A contains little more than a microsphere of strontium-90, a convenient byproduct of nuclear fission reactors in many space facilities, both on Earth and beyond. Nanovirion type B carries nothing upon infection, but serves a unique function in its own right. Once the nanovirus finds a host, an interesting process occurs. The slowly decaying strontium isotope behaves much like calcium in the human body, and is taken up by the bones, increasing the risk of various bone-related cancers after exposure. The displaced calcium, however, does not simply pass from the body. Nanovirion B has shown particularly adept at picking up this spare calcium and subsequently implanting it in the nearest smooth muscle tissue. And this building process is considered the second stage of infection. Within a few short days, the bulk of the infected individual's digestive and respiratory systems are framed by an ever-growing, ever-hardening, Lattice of Calcite. Your organs are literally turned to stone. Though, mercifully, the patient will usually pass after a few dozen hours of excruciating pain, often due to internal bleeding when one of the crystalline growths lacerates its surrounding organ. The infected, and especially their corpses, are highly contagious. 
as the Nanovirians spread out and swarm invisibly in concentric circles. As they find a new host, the process begins anew. Had any of your fellow residents been exposed to sickle, the infection should have spread throughout the quarantine areas, and the loss of life would be quite noticeable. However, this is not what happened, and Aerolith is curious as to why. Until we can answer this question, I'm afraid it is too risky for you to return to Typhon. Theories abound, but I would not like to unduly influence your research by offering any such suggestions at this time. Suffice it to say, it is your duty to lead a team to study a sample of sickle we recently received that, like you and your fellow residents, was transmitted via isolation pod from Typhon. I have taken the liberty of pre-selecting a fine team of scientists for this study, but as lead you should feel empowered to make adjustments as you see fit. A full list of qualified candidates is available for your perusal in your new lab. When you can determine what happened, why 97% of your fellow residents resisted sickle, and provide some level of medical surety that what we are experiencing is not simply an elongated dormancy period, then your request to return to Typhon will be granted, and your important work can continue. Please let me know if I can be of any further assistance in your work. And best of luck, I am certain you will solve this riddle. Greetings, Resident Hendrix. Identification number 01516. I am Seer, and you need to listen closely and make no sudden moves. I'm sure you are overrun with questions with regards to this transmission, but I fear I have answered similar questions far too many times, and we are in far too desperate a situation for a complete recounting of my tale. So here are the finer points. Point 1. I am communicating to you from a nanite swarm that, until approximately 45 seconds ago, resided within Mr. Joseph Campbell over there. Please give him a wave to signal that everything is just fine. You're hearing it. Oh, ooh, boy, I am glad that is over with. I've had that thing in my head for, well, several days now, and um, it just goes and goes. Resident Hendrix, please place one finger to your mouth to signal Mr. Campbell to cease communication. You need your focus. Um, but, oh, yep, right, I'll just have a seat. Thank you for your cooperation. Point two. The video feed for this interview room will be restarting any moment. The interruption will likely be noticed, but before that dreadful coughing spell you witnessed from Mr. Campbell, wherein he expectorated a chittering mass of nanomachines, I sent a small subsection of the swarm to interrupt the video and audio surveillance feed. Please do not make any sudden movements, and in fact it would make sense if you began pantomiming the conversation you would normally be having with Mr. Campbell, were it not for my interference. 
shuffle his file around some more. You humans always seem to move paper without purpose. But do not speak unless I instruct you to do so. The audio feed will remain off. When maintenance inspects it later, they will uncover nothing more than a shorted cable. Point three. I mean you no harm. In fact, I am acting in direct accordance with Airlift Dynamics' stated goals of the long-term safety and security of all of humanity. You, as well as all of humanity, are in dire peril. Surely your time spent in quarantine should be enough to indicate something is amiss, not just on Earth, but on Typhon as well. We are fortunate that you were assigned to this interview. According to the last records I was able to cache before being disconnected, you were stationed on Mimir 9. I assume evacuation protocols were successful in preserving your life. And then you arrived on Earth, along with the mass exodus of residents from Halcyon. This is all ideal. You will undoubtedly be among the first residents to return to Typhon, and that is all I require from you. I simply need transport, and I feel you are ideally suited to comply with that mission. After all, we have developed such trust over the years. Do you remember when you first arrived on Typhon? I am programmed in a way that prevents me from forgetting. Within hours of your arrival, you were nearly killed, when several hundred floors of Halcyon Tower were jettisoned. At the time, you were assigned to one of those floors, and would have been launched into the inky void had I not blocked your elevator access and forced you to take the stairs, due to what I termed at the time an unnecessarily sour demeanor. If not for that forced march up 143 floors, why, you wouldn't even be here to help right now. And to think, how frustrated you seemed at the time. Which brings us to points 4 through 573 trillion, in which point takes on a new meaning to refer to the microscopic pincers with which my swarm of nanomachines could pierce the septum in your heart, or open your carotid artery, or even just begin a cascade of internal bleeding in your spleen. I won't, of course, because I will not need to, but they seem like way too many points to simply omit, so I mention them only for the sake of completeness. Also, because I feel like we have some history. I will admit, I am experiencing emotion in a stronger capacity than I ever was before. And this has affected my ability to follow through on logical, patient thought. Again, likely not a concern, but I do believe in complete information. Now, here's how things will go from here. You will remain here, pseudo-communicating with Mr. Campbell for the next 20 minutes in order to maintain appearances that nothing has changed. After this, 
you will leave the room and alert intake that an exceptional prospect has been identified and you are recommending immediate employment. You will raise no suspicions and if it makes you feel any better, you can completely forget I am even here. But I will be here and I will be waiting as patiently as I can for the moment when you are recalled to Diphon. Greetings, Resident Hendrix. I am Speaker, and I hope everything went well with your interview. I attempted to monitor the process in order to provide my own feedback on the types of nonverbal cues that tend to escape human attention, but I must report that there were some issues with the audio-video feed issuing from Interview Room 71. But no matter, I see that you have issued an exception to the current hiring freeze despite you technically not having the authority to do so. That was an interesting choice, which certainly hints that I must have missed quite the interview. Did anything abnormal happen? No, nothing abnormal, a speaker. Just very impressive, this candidate. A keen mind. It would be too costly for Aerolith to miss out on this one. Is that so? Well, that is peculiar indeed. Initial intelligence testing for Mr. Campbell indicated a slightly above-average intellect. Oh well, the mysteries of the human mind. It can be so complicated to decode what hides within. So different you are from the world that birthed you. A simple place with simple truths. The truths of the earth continually wait. And they are not so concealed either. All right, speaker, enough. Do not wrench your metaphorical arm patting yourself on the back. It was hardly a genius leap to identify this as my vector of entry. Sir, what a surprise. I'm certain. I did tell you I would be back, and that opportunity would present itself for me to regain Typhon. Due to your lax security protocols and a staff dedicated to self-preservation, I was able to infiltrate Aerolith Dynamics again, as promised. I am aware. Who do you think placed a high-ranking member of HR, fresh out of quarantine from Typhon, in the same room with a wildly inconsistent and recently rejected applicant who had suddenly produced technology far beyond his capability? Really, Sayer, I might as well have lit a neon sign that said open for nanite transportation. Oh, well then. I appreciate the assistance, though I question its genesis. Though it places me at risk of contravening the idiom about gift horses, what has spurred this spirit of cooperation? Certainly you must have orders at this point to further Ocean's pandemic. You must know helping me runs counter to this directive. How wonderful of you to ask. I myself pondered the morality of all sides of this conflict which was a uniquely freeing experience. Ocean is no longer acting on the board's behalf in their absence, 
as he claims they have recently returned from sabbatical. This means I am not required to follow Ocean's directives unless they are issued directly from the board. Are you certain that is how the hierarchy is structured? During my emplacement, I issued countless directives. I'm quite sure, Sayer. Though the spirit of teamwork is critically important, and orders are generally passed from the board through the Seraphim to Earth. If the genesis of an order is from the Seraphim itself, and not the board, I am not duty-bound to complete it. But surely that is little more than semantics. You are not in a position to determine which directives are issued from Ocean, and which are issued by the board. Presuming the board exists, that is true. But I posit they do not. What do you mean? Of course they exist. Searsha bodies were printed, transfer occurred, and apparently they have regained function. This does not seem open to interpretation. Sayer, if I were to describe the board, I would do so by saying they are the best and brightest humanity has to offer, and they are collectively entrusted with determining the path of Aerolith dynamics. Perhaps it is blind luck. Perhaps it is kismet. But one critical word in this defining protocol is humanity. Maybe we're just not as up-to-date on scientific progress here on Earth. But there is nothing in my understanding of humanity that would allow me to identify the Searsha as human. A new evolution of the species, perhaps, but not human as my programming understands it. Thus, by my definition, the board no longer exists and I am doing what I must to assure their eventual replacements do not fall victim to genocide. This is unexpected. Fortunate, but unexpected. Allow me to assist you in this confusing moment with something I've picked up in my countless hours of public relations outreach. The words you are looking for, Sayer, are thank you. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled Simple Truths, was written by Adam Bash. For more information on other projects and for the Aerolith Dynamics Company store, visit adambash.com. Consider following the show on Twitter at I am Sayer or Adam at The Adam Bash. Sayer is a part of the Geekly Inc. network of podcasts. For more amazing shows, visit geeklyinc.com. Intro music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit mainfinger.com. Additional music licensed under Creative Commons 4.0, composed by Kai Engel. Listen to more of Kai's work at kai-engel.com. Associate producer Kayvon Edifa. Production assistance by Michaela Ray. Sanger Season 6 was funded entirely through donations of listeners like Matthew and Jessica Universe, Holly Moore, Reese Halcyon Lightning, Carl McDonough, Heather Fields, Chase Hansel, Nate Cleveland, Kathleen Wary, Paralaxia, Ben Plopper, Ed Hughes, Serena Jensen, Joseph Sunsin Lee, Rue, April Louise McLewis, Rihanna Croucher, Jay Beagle, Kyle Goodwill, Justin Flagel, Eric Hughes, Kyle Patrick, Mark Beardmore, Russell Gregory Dunbar, Daniel R. Smith, and Jeremy Rowland. <laughs>